Hello and welcome to our first episode of Otaku the Town, a podcast about anime, I guess, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Elliot. I'm Kayla. I'm Paul. And on our first episode today, we are going to be talking about the venerable series Naruto. Today we are going to be talking about the first three episodes, uh, but before we dig into that, uh, I thought we could talk a little bit about why we're doing this, or you know, at least how we came to be doing this, or maybe the little seed deep inside of each of us that makes us want to do this. So every episode of this podcast is going to start with a question for each of the hosts, and this one is a pretty natural starter. It is, what is your relationship to Naruto? And uh, Kayla, I would like you to start us off. So I started watching Naruto back in 2003. I was a freshman in high school. I had just made my very first group of friends. And we were watching it off of a little site at the time called Naruto Fan that I think operated for a few more years and then eventually went away. It was PayPal for monthly access. They were releasing episodes in fan subs as soon as they could. It was sort of like the internet backdoor into Naruto before it became licensed. What about you, Paul? So, pretty similar. I actually read the first few chapters of the manga before I watched the show, so I had some very incorrect ideas about how things were pronounced. Uh, for example, <laughs> I thought Sasuke was Sasuki, and I was quite uh, disturbed to find out how wrong I was. Oh God, that's beautiful. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, that would have been when I was in eighth grade, uh, and then I also started watching it, and I, I kind of watched it on and off for the couple of years after that. Uh, I didn't. I don't know about you guys, but I didn't make it very far into Shippuden. I can't remember exactly how many episodes that I watched, but and, I'm sorry. Into into what? Shippuden. How do you pronounce it? Shippuden. Shippuden. Sure. Shippuden. 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 Into your Shippuden. I'm uh, so happy. <laughs> uh, I, I made it maybe about maybe about twenty episodes in. I can't remember exactly. Uh, and then, then it fell by the wayside. What about you, Elliot? So I came into Naruto at about the same time as these two, in uh, my freshman year of high school. Um, I actually, when Paul and a mutual friend of ours started reading the manga, that's what got me into it. Um, and I was inspired to go and spend an entire Thanksgiving break watching Naruto. Uh, I remember it because I remember sitting down on Wednesday and standing up on Sunday, and that was pretty much my whole weekend, was watching every episode of the anime that existed at that point. Uh, I still remember how much my butt hurt, uh, yeah, but that, that was, that was cool. it. I was, I was hooked. I watched it pretty religiously for a few years. Um, I spent one terrible year at a terrible college watching a little bit of Naruto and maybe every episode in order and all of Shippuden, uh, which existed at that point, um, with one of my podcast co-hosts. That would be me. Not me. Not Paul. Paul was not invited. No. Um, he was also not in college at the time. No, he was not. <laughs> Paul is a baby. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, Paul. We, Paul. I was in kindergarten. Paul was a literal baby yeah. uh, who I was hanging out with years earlier reading manga. I was very precocious. <laughs> uh, but then I, I, I drifted out of Naruto. And so I feel like, have we all, we've all drifted out of Naruto. Are, are you Relatively still... speaking, I would try and keep up in fits and starts in the way that I do with any 500 plus episode shonen series. Um, are there 500 episodes? Uh, more than that. There's 500 in Shippuden alone. We did not tell Paul what he was getting into with this we podcast. Did... Uh oh. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I Paul. Saw, I signed a binding contract. What? You know, oh, it's God. a shonen anime. You should have known better. Uh, apparently. You shown have known better? That was a good one. That's... <laughs> Thank you. Thank God. you. That was our first joke. Yeah, dead oh, air, no. dead air, dead air. <laughs> I'm going to print it out and frame it. I'm sorry. Um, for everything. So, I don't think any of us has actually finished the whole show. I certainly don't think any of us has watched, is it Boruto? Absolutely Bo not. Bo I have no interest Bo in watching. Boruto. Boruto. <laughs> I'm, I'm only vaguely aware of what you're talking about, so... You don't want to know, Paul. Okay, that's probably It's true. okay. Some things are better left alone. <laughs> uh, once we finish all of Naruto and Shippuden, we will start a child podcast to this called Botaku the Town. Uh, you will we... never have to listen to us recap all of the episodes of Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. Don't worry. I mean, no one is making you do anything, but... Right? Um, well, as, as far as we know. Yeah. <laughs> please, if somebody's making you do something, please call the police. <laughs> Uh, but the point is that none of us have seen Naruto in its entirety, but we all, or at least I feel like I certainly have a, a deep and powerful connection to it. It's a special uh, relationship. I mean, you and I both started watching when we were, what, 14? Very young. Yeah. yeah. I have a very fond, nostalgic relationship with at least the first few arcs of the anime. And so for me, one of the goals of this podcast is to kind of explore that joy and... 
So this, you know, this could be a recap podcast. This could be a comedy podcast. Uh, hopefully, it will be something kind of a shooting the shit podcast. Yeah, a fuck around podcast. As long as we're enjoying it, and hopefully you are too. Nah. And if not, I mean, I don't really care, but it's cool. Yeah, Paul's over it, mm. and you. So, um, that was really cold. That was really cold. Let's, let's warm this up. <laughs> So, Elliot, what happened in the first three episodes of Naruto, which is what we're talking about today? Yes. So, in episode one, uh, we introduced Naruto as this uh, very sad boy who has a fox in his tummy. Um, He kind of failed to become a ninja, but then did become a ninja. There was a very incompetent bad guy who convinced him to steal a scroll as part of a convoluted plot for he himself to steal the scroll. Um, and then Naruto's teacher saved him, and Naruto becomes a ninja, and also does a neat technique. Which is forbidden for no reason. Um, in episode two, the series introduced the worst boy in the world, Konohamaru, who unfortunately followed Naruto around for some time. Uh, they Everyone's were, favorite character. Indeed. Uh, beloved Konohamaru. Um, they were... It's real, the Huckleberry Finn of the Naruto universe. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, they sailed down a river and were huge fucking perverts mm-hmm. for a long time. Oh my god. Um, and then they beat... The bad ninja in the end by transforming into hundreds of naked women. He wasn't even bad. He was yeah, just his he, teacher. He was basically Konohamaru's manny. Though we'll but he was a fucking liar. Uh, yes. Um, in episode three, we finally introduced the likable characters in this show. Um, we met many of the other young ninjas. Uh, Naruto was divided into his team with Sasuke and Sakura. The makings of a love triangle were... I would say... Abruptly shoved in our face. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. We, yeah, we all filleted that love triangle for 21 minutes. But we all know what the one true pairing is. Absolutely. Uh, the, I mean, the first kiss in the show was between Naruto and Sasuke. In that episode, nobody wants to eat lunch with each other, and then Naruto poops a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Surprisingly accurate summary. Yeah, so that's our first three episodes. So um, let's, let's jump back to the top. Um, so the, this show opens up with a big moon and a really big fox and a lot of random ninjas dying um, as they just kind of idly throw kunai at a really, really big fox monster. Mm-hmm. And the, the animation is, is super great. Is that how you describe it? I would call it pilot episode animation. Okay. It yeah. has a distinct quality. Yes. Which is not good. It's unbelievable, but in a more literal sense. It's like how, like, it, it's hard to believe that this show became so popular. Yes. So, Elliot, if you were confronting a 20 story tall magical fox, would you throw knives at it? You know, I think I would. I think I would stand there idly with the most powerful ninja in my powerful village of powerful ninja and just kind of, you know, like chuck a fork. You know, I would grab my silverware drawer and I would just kind of toss whatever I had handy. Would you definitely stand tightly packed in a group? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, we would hug and, you know, kind of swaddle our injured without removing them from the front line. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think, Kayla? How might you add to this big battle? Jump up and down a couple times? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I would have to that's the fan service element of it but the <laughs> other factor is like how many hours have they spent practicing throwing those kunai around zero think? apparently I would say many many hours none of them are the better for it but you know still that's going to be a response it's like a knee-jerk reaction I have spent my whole life throwing knives at pointless objects well it's Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours theory all these ninjas have spent 10,000 hours Throwing these knives around, and they, yep. damn it, they're going to use that skill. Yes. I, I know this is something we're going to talk about a lot, and I'm so glad it was introduced so early. Just the discrepancy in ninja power levels? Uh, it's kind of hard to fathom sometimes that, like, these ninjas had to go through so much training, a lifetime of training, and yet this is how they decide to fight. Most of them are disposable. It's like a big hive of bees, and there's a bunch of drones, and they're not very good for anything. So when we move into the episode proper, basically the first thing that we see is uh, Naruto has basically vandalized Ninja Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. So going back to your ninja power levels theory, we're, we're in this podcast, we're not going to try and talk too much about events that happen later. One, because not no, we don't necessarily remember them very well. And two, just because that isn't very fun. But later in the show, we, are, we meet dozens and dozens of just super powerful ninjas, both from Konoha and out, elsewhere. 
And yet, this village apparently has such lax security that a small boy is able to vandalize, in broad daylight, the giant statue just sitting in the middle of the village. The known worst student mm -hmm. of Ninja Academy is able to outrun all these other trained, graduated... <laughs> Even like Jonin level ninja, mm -hmm. and it's no problem for him, and we're supposed to believe he's just the worst ninja ever. Totally. I don't believe it. Eventually, Naruto's uh, teacher is able to catch up with him, um, and he takes him back to school where they have a ninja pop quiz, which I really enjoyed. Everyone has to transform into something else, and Naruto, of course, the scallywag, transforms into a naked woman, which is a running theme in this show, and that everybody is a fucking pervert. Um, and a sex criminal. Mm -hmm. um, the Konoha has its apparently its leading industry for its economy seems to be the softcore pornography industry. Judging by the Ninja Convenience Store that we see in the next episode, has a well-developed stack of softcore pornography, bunch of different types of magazines and, and books and such. It appears to really be funding the whole ninja infrastructure. Ninja Dumb is kind of like the internet in that like we want to talk about like the coolest techniques and the best stuff it does, but it's really just 90% porn. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about the outfit that Naruto starts in, in two ways. One, his signature orange jumpsuit, which, I mean, the internet's been making fun of this for 10 years, but it's really not very good for a ninja to be wearing the same color that you wear if you're a crossing guard so that <laughs> no, nobody accidentally hits you. It's really helpful when you're running around in those trees, Paul. Mm -hmm. That way, yeah, your teacher can definitely find you, and so could anybody else uh, in the entire village or outside of it. And yet those other ninjas still can't catch him when he's vandalizing Ninja Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. Maybe like three days before the show started, Konoha was all painted vibrant shades of orange, and they had just taken it all down. And so mm -hmm. Naruto was just wearing his convenient bright camouflage. He was the perfect ninja. He was the perfect ninja. <laughs> For about three days. For about three days. Uh, I also want to talk very briefly about his goggles that he starts out with because they're terrible i feel like that was sort of a quintessential anime character design especially in the 90s or early aughts whenever this was first coming out there were so many anime characters especially mischievous types that had goggles it was sort of like the accessory you would throw on and after a while it just became apparent that it was a mistake yeah, I think the, the show realized that pretty quickly because they replace it by the end of the third episode with the very uh, the famous signature leaf headband that everybody knows from Naruto, which is pretty cool. That's like a pretty cool outfit design that they incorporate in neat ways in the various ninja character designs. End of the first episode, Paul. Oh, well, I mean, he earns it, but he, he's wearing the goggles in the second episode. Yeah, I think oh, he makes he? a big point about how he's like afraid of scratching it mm -hmm. oh. until he goes to his first day of orientation yeah. because ninja right. school is just like a bad community college. So we, we've jumped ahead a little bit, but uh, I mean, fuck it. We can jump anywhere we want. Mm -hmm. um, we got to see all sorts of great uh, images, which the show will flash back to um, between two and 700 times. Um, my favorite was Sad Naruto on a Swing. Mm -hmm. um, Very poignant. Yes, indeed. Uh, because he is alone and nobody likes him. Can we fucking talk about this? So Naruto has a monster inside of him and... No one has told him this, but everybody knows and treats him like shit. There's Everyone at a certain age knows. Apparently none of their children know, which they don't even get into until I think the third episode. Uh, and I really think that they only do that to make his classmates and other ninja his age more likable. Because they don't know about the monster. Hmm. All there, their parents do. There appears to be some sort of rule in the in the village that the, the Hokage talks about, which there people are not allowed to tell him about the monster that's inside of him, which seems odd, considering how many different ways that that manifests over the course of the show. I uh, think he, yeah, he even references that this was a rule he created for Naruto's own good, because the fourth Hokage wanted him to be seen as a hero. Mm -hmm. So in order to make him... Boy, did that work. Yeah, totally. Great job. Mm -hmm. Great job, Hokage. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to go back to the very beginning. I am not a fan of the idea of collective punishment. I did not like how Ibuki made the whole class repeat the, the pop quiz because of Naruto. Especially if, he's, if his goal is Naruto's mentor or... Older brother figure, father figure, it's unclear, is to not have everybody hate Naruto, really just punishing the whole class because of his actions. Not a great way to go. He is Naruto's whiniest uncle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, uh, there's a related question. Who raised Naruto, and Sasuke too, for that matter? Do they have foster parents? There's a lot more that you'll find out about Sasuke in later episodes. He <laughs> was not completely alone from the beginning like Naruto was. Mm -hmm. 
However, I believe when the season starts, they're both living alone. Okay, who who like fed Naruto? We see his fridge. In yeah, the third he has episode. like a little bachelor pad. Yeah. I liked it. Who, who pays for that? Like, is he? Is there like a trust fund? Or Thank something? God, Naruto likes ramen. That's uh, yeah, how apparently. that's working out, which is actually kind of funny considering his name, which is the little spiral fish cake that you find in ramen. See, you thought you'd just come here for comedy, but you're actually getting facts. Mm-hmm. No, you're not learning anything. I would say the last. 30 seconds of this podcast. Put a lie to that. <laughs> um, also, who paid for his uh, boob calendar? Because that was really distracting to me. I feel but, like, like he must have stolen that. Okay. I'm just from the gonna... aforementioned ninja convenience store. <laughs> from, from one of them. Mm-hmm. The, the bookstore, Paul. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a yeah. bookstore. It's definitely not ninja it's a place of business. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I did really like is that the test that Naruto failed to graduate from ninja school from was just one technique mm-hmm. and it's even kind of arbitrary it's like can you make a clone of yourself yes or no and naruto can't really and so that's it he can't become a ninja mm-hmm. like nothing else like no like kunai throwing no like jumping around really fast it feels like the meanest undergrad class requirement well and as we'll see the contrast between that exam and the chunin exam that we'll get to which it takes i don't know a hundred million episodes is a really there's a pretty dramatic difference in how rigorously they're tested indeed so I, I want to talk about the ending of this episode, which involves the the really incompetent bad guy ninja, which I guess, you know, first episode you can have an incompetent throwaway villain. His name is Mizuki. Mizuki. Okay, thank you. Uh, I, for, this is going to be an evergreen disclaimer of mine for this <laughs> podcast. Please pardon me for my just butchering pronunciations of, of anything and everything. Uh Mizuki wants Naruto to steal this super forbidden like scroll so that Mizuki can then steal it from Naruto. How did Naruto steal it? <laughs> they, they, we, we cut around that particular plot point here. I have a theory. Okay, oh, please do tell. I'm sure it's garbage, but it is a theory, at least. So it's this sealed scroll that is in this shack in the woods, which is where I would keep all of my valuables. I do I keep all my... Oh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. God damn it, Paul. <laughs> Just telling everybody. Um, you don't know which woods. So I suspect it's some sort of power that he's already able to use from the spirit fox inside of him that allows him to undo whatever seals might be there where he can go and get the scroll. That's the only reasonable explanation I can think of. That would have been a cool scene. But they never say anything. I love how kind and generous that is of you, Kayla. Because what we fucking see in this episode is a man who's like, okay, I really want this secret forbidden scroll. I can't steal it. I will make a boy steal it. I will tell the entire world. A boy who just failed his ninja test. Also revenge. He was totally fueled by revenge, Mizuki. He hates Naruto for quote unquote being the spirit fox which we find out is a problem with many villagers Um, and so I think that was a way for him to also try and exact revenge upon Naruto knowing that he would get in trouble However, well, no, he was going to kill Naruto. That's part of his plan is that he tells the village that Naruto stole the scroll. And then he's like, haha, I will find and kill Naruto first. And then I will steal the scroll. And it's like, what the, like, what is your game gets here? He gets everything he wants. He gets the secret scroll. He gets to murder an 11-year-old boy. It's his dream. He gets the super ninjas who we'll see in two episodes, actually, after him. Uh, and he is not a super ninja, as his combat scenes demonstrate pretty aptly. Indeed. But I still, it's like, I want to steal this scroll, so I'm going to do it in a way that, like, leaves a body and puts the whole village on alert, because I put them on alert. Speaking of leaving a body, so Mizuki does really, <laughs> really have to commit a pretty egregious uh, supervillain error of leaving Ibu... Wait, how, what's, what's, what's Iruka. the... Iruka. Iruka, that's right. I was getting Ibuki, who shows up here shortly. It does. Uh, well, early on, you said Ibuki, and we let it slide. Okay, thank you. But I'm cool with it. We can call him Ibuki. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so he... He has a little, this little fight with Naruto, and uh, Iruka comes and you know kind of starts nobly sacrificing himself and gets hit with a bunch of kunai's and is, is against this tree bleeding. And Mizuki just kind of stands there and is kind of a butt face for a little bit, and then just like you know what, I'm gonna kill you later, even though he could <laughs> really have killed him right there. And that in, that backfires within 15 seconds. Uh, yeah, it was, was Mizuki is not. Not the greatest of the villains in this show. No, word to the wise, if you're going to go full villain and start murdering people, make sure they're dead. 
Uh, one of my favorite moments was actually in that scene, which is when uh, Iruka has uh, the first of many realizations that people have in this show that they and Naruto are the same, that they can relate to this poor, unrelatable boy. Um, and he has this realization, like, on top of Naruto mm-hmm. while crying and bleeding. And there's this kind of sad moment where Iruka is like, you know, like, Naruto, like, I do care about you. You and I are the same. And Naruto just fucking books it. And, like, you're supposed to be like, no, Naruto. Tell why would you run away? But like, I get it. Like, there's a man on you, and the he's man was bleeding. crying and bleeding on me. I would run, and so would you. Be if, honest with yourself. Every single person listening to this would run, <laughs> especially a teacher. Mm. Like, run and get him fired. Oh, run and get him fired. <laughs> that's our. That's the the alternative uh, this podcast name. <laughs> <laughs> I also really like that we find out that the Hokage is just, like, watching all of this because he is fucking nasty. Mm -hmm. He has this ball that just lets him see whatever he wants, and this, like, fucking dirty-ass old man is just like, "Mm, yeah, yeah, chase the boy. Like, oh, stab each other. The Hokage is a fucking perv, and nothing will change my mind on that. And also, very lazy. He is a lazy perv. He he just, uh, he just watching this, he, he controls all, again... This army of super ninjas and really just does not seem to give a shit. There is just no shortage of pervy old men in this anime series. No pervy shortage. young men, pervy middle but men. Old men especially. Totally. Just just think about what's to come. Oh, I I, I don't it's I don't need to. I actually had a huge problem with the crystal ball because <laughs> it felt to me really incongruous against all the other ninja magic. Like I can accept a lot of ninja magic, but a crystal ball? Yeah, that was very like sea witchy. I also wanted I wanted we was gonna talk about this in the context of episode two, but fuck it, let's talk about it. I, I wanna talk about the level of technology in the village like the village, which is surprisingly high. I don't know remember that from watching this but they appear to have fairly advanced indoor plumbing like again the fantasy ninja convenience store which kind of just looked like a normal convenience store now and like refrigerators uh yeah no it's combined with all this you know the kind of old-fashioned ninja techniques i thought that was kind of interesting to get an idea of the bigger world, it is supposed to be sort of like feudal era japan there's a lot of warlords and territories divided up things like that but it so does not match the actual time period mm-hmm. whenever this is set. <laughs> and it doesn't appear to be calibrated. Like something like uh, like Legend of Korra, which had this like very distinctive 1920s, but with fire bending and other bending like, it's tech- like style. That you, could, you could tell a lot of work went into it. Like what technology worked with what and where. There's a really, there's very, very haphazard here. There's kind of whatever is good for the scene, at least in early episodes. No, I think end in later. But yeah, I don't think I don't think that ever changes. I don't think there's a, any point at which this world becomes suddenly and magnificently like consistent. Does Mizuki ever appear again? Because he does, I don't think he dies in this episode. He does come back in the filler. Um, well, that in the filler. <laughs> so at the at the end of Naruto, uh, when when the manga ends and goes into Shippuden, um, Naruto the show goes on for another. 150 episodes oh, of boy. pure filler. So we're definitely um, going to talk about all that. Right? Every single mm-hmm. one, yeah. I'm in one of them. Mizuki comes back as the ninja equivalent of Tony the Tiger. Oh boy. Um, and it's a lot. Um, he mm-hmm. also, I mean, we maybe we'll get there, maybe we won't. It's very bad. Filler is very bad. We'll, we'll probably talk about filler as we get there. We can talk about it, but I don't really want to get into it. Or that watch is a it. Part I don't of watch my it. life. Those are hours of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to get back. Nope. I might take a hard line that I feel like we should watch every episode of Filler, but this is a fight we can have offline. If we have to pick one arc, it should be the Bubble Ninja arc, which actually comes into play later on in Shippuden and turns out to be relevant. Oh, good. I'm so... I'm... I'm so glad. Yes, that was Bubble Ninja. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, Bubble Ninja. I think that more or less... I mean, I know we're jumping around. I think that wraps up the first episode. Um, Before we move on completely, uh, we should say one thing that we legitimately liked about this episode. Um, I'm happy to start because I have one. Uh, There's this wonderful scene where Iruka and Naruto are eating ramen. And Iruka is apparently for the first time like, what the fuck do you want to do, Naruto? Little boy who does graffiti every day and never studies. And Naruto tells him like, I want to be the best ninja that there ever was. And I want to be the next Hokage. And Iruka is just like so disbelieving that he loses his ability to eat. You like see him stop chewing and there's like a noodle hanging down his face. 
face. And then he like catches himself and like slurps it up. And it's very good. It's very cute. I really liked it. Uh, and it was like, I was like legitimately like, oh, that was a very well animated scene. This was very good. This was, this was great. I enjoyed this show. So the the thing that I liked, I mean, that was a good, yeah, that was a good scene. You're right. Uh, so I, I like the progression. There's there's a, kind of a character arc for Naruto in this that was pretty good from his his failure of his little ninja pop quiz thing that we already made fun of, where the the specific thing that he fails is creating a clone. Uh, and again, it's it's weird and arbitrary and kind of dumb that it's just like this one thing to apparently pass young elementary ninja school. But there is the progression from that into the the specific technique that he learns off of this the secret scroll is this this advanced clone technique, and they 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 don't really go into a lot of detail about his training, but we can you can tell that he's he's actually like trying really hard. And then he and he does defeat the little villain of the week by doing this like mega clone ability. So there, it, it actually does have this progression from him as a total failure making one clone to winning the episode. If you want to, you know, put it that way with a bunch of little clones. And I thought that was kind of neat. So my moment that I really liked out of this episode is actually a perfect fusion of both Elliot and Paul's moments because Ooh. it's when Irika first finds Naruto, and thank goodness he's the first person to find Naruto. Speaking of like. Great coincidences. He knew to look uh, for an orange coat. None of the other ninjas thought that, that was possible. Apparently they didn't. God, I guess some of the village was still orange. Um, Kakashi was like, you wouldn't have worn an orange coat. That's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but he finds him and he's all dirty and out of breath and sweating. And Iroka realizes that he has been practicing this whole time. That he's been working this hard at it. And Naruto really just needed, I think, sort of that push, I guess. It's a little bit strange that, you know, he can't be practicing other ninja techniques and be good at them. There might be a reason for that that gets revealed later on. Potentially, maybe I'm just being kind again. But I loved that moment of Iruka realizing that Naruto is actually a pretty good student and he does try really hard. Nar That's important. Naruto in more ways than one is a very Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes figure mm -hmm. in that he's, you know, Calvin is in some ways a genius and so is Naruto. I mean, maybe not intellectually, but he's... You know, he's really, really good at certain things. I wish I could call him a genius of hard work, but that already belongs to another character that I'm really excited to find out about later. Uh, thank you. Yes, correct. Uh, that, but anyway, so he, uh, he he needs to be, you know, we'll, we'll go through this whole series. And he's, Naruto's really, really good at things that he cares about, which aren't very many things and are sometimes very silly things. But it, it's he does actually work really hard and try and is really good at things when he's inspired to. Kind of like Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes, who is a genius when you're talking about dinosaurs or spaceships, or but he could not give less of a shit about school that he doesn't care about, which is kind of an interesting you know, character flaw slash ability. Yeah, there was a moment in this episode, I know we're trying to move on, but where Naruto is being praised by Iruka, and it kind of becomes clear it maybe is the first time he's ever been praised mm -hmm. by anyone in his entire life. And so, like, maybe... The you know, Mizuku being like, hey kid, like, if you just do this thing, which I totally know you can do, you'll graduate. Like, maybe that was the first time anyone's ever encouraged him to do anything. I think you're right. All he wants is the acknowledgement and respect of the people that he lives with, which is why he's such a fucking asshole all the time, is he's just trying to get attention. He's trying to get anyone to notice him, which actually segues kind of nicely into, nope, not the second episode, the third episode. Yeah, I'm sorry. so sorry. Nope. The second episode we're going to waste on fucking Konohamaru. Uh, so. Hey there, it's Elliot. I'm just jumping in real quick because this, our pilot episode, we actually recorded a little bit in the past. That's right, this is a message for you from the present, which I guess is not very exciting. I'm really implying more that this podcast is kind of a time capsule than that I'm any kind of incredible time traveler, but that's okay. Um, I just want to jump in to, uh, first off, give a huge thanks to Tony Whetstone. Um, he did our art, uh, and it's really incredible. Um, you should absolutely check him out on Twitter at Mewblood, or you can take a look at his comic, which is uh, found at godspeedmew.com. Um, his stuff is really good. He does kind of an assault of cats. Um, and I really love it, and we're so thrilled that he could take some time to make some art for us. Um, also, I just wanted to thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is a project we've kind of been cooking up for a long, long time. Um, if you know me personally, you've probably heard me threatening to make this for a while. Uh, and I'm just so excited that it's uh, finally 
in your ears. So if you like it, you know, please stay tuned. We've got a lot more coming. We have a few more episodes in the can already. Um, if you don't like it, um, you know, I would love feedback. You can email it to me. I'm not in any way jaded enough that I don't want to, like, have people on Twitter yell at me about something I did wrong. So I, I guess what I'm saying is at me. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, that was needlessly aggressive. Um, so <laughs> I'm just going to let you get back to the show. Uh, thank you so much. So, moving on to uh, episode two. Oh, boy. My name is Konohamaru. Good boy, is it? Which rhymes, and that's the only moment of joy we're going to have in this episode. I know I know. at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned that we should try and say something good about all the episodes. It's going to be really hard with this one. Totally. Uh, we, we, you know, it'll, it, maybe it'll come up naturally in our conversation. Mm-hmm, maybe we'll yeah. find something good about the episode. We'll stumble across it, yeah. This, partway through the episode, I had to step back and ask myself if this wasn't the very first filler episode of the series. <laughs> I mean, it kind Kind of is, and, we'll, and we'll, I think we'll get into that a little bit. But I just want to mention that this is the first episode that where we have an opening theme, something that I think Naruto did very well. And to be, to, if you guys disagree, but they uh, there's there's all they they change what once every twenty episodes or so. I think they do a, they did a really good job with the opening themes in Naruto. Like a lot of them have good music and cool animation and. Paul, yeah. it, uh, you just took your one good thing about this episode hey, and you whoa. did it beforehand. Oh man, look at that. <laughs> we could kick I it off with this, like get all the goodness out of the way so that we can really get into the stuff that we want to talk about, which is how much we hate Konohamaru. A little bit of a technicality in that the opening theme is not just in this episode and is in the next like 15 to 20, but you know what? It starts in this episode, so let's let's put it as a positive in this one. And Rox is one of the most, I think, arguably, one of the most iconic and one of the most fantastic shonen anime openings of all time. It's very 80s rock in like a good way. Totally. Uh, we also, I mean, I guess we could close on this, but we do get our first closing also in this uh, mm-hmm. wind, um, which is is also really nice, um, really iconic. Yeah, mm-hmm. iconic. Uh, it's uh, the animation in the openings and closings for this show are really good. They do a great job of like telegraphing the emotional beats that they cover, mm-hmm. um, but without you know without being spoilery. Like like in in the closing wind, it's like you see Naruto alone, and then like you know slowly he and that his friends drift swing towards him. He falls down the hill. And mm-hmm. then suddenly his friends are there to help him up, and you know maybe no one's ever helped him get up before. It's kind of nice. I know it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like we just want to avoid digging into this episode, oh, so I'm right. just gonna fucking start it. So we open on a ninja photographer mm-hmm. taking a picture of Naruto in some intense makeup for his ninja passport. I think mm-hmm. it's Kabuki makeup. I could be is wrong, it? I was I, I tried to is. Google a lot of things about this, and and I eventually I got to a picture of Naruto as a robot, which I think comes up in Shippuden. I don't know. I just I was like. Fuck it, Naruto in some kind of makeup. I, when I when I opened uh, Google and Googled this episode, my computer started hissing and smoking because it was also <laughs> rejecting thinking about it. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, so the Hokage, who apparently clears every ninja passport photo, tells Naruto he has he to. He does take not it again. delegate very well. No, not yeah. at all. Um, he only yeah he can only spy or <laughs> do menial tasks. Um, and so uh, to because Naruto is so frustrated with the Hokage, he sets the tone for this episode by transforming into a naked woman. Um, which quote-unquote defeats the Hokage he has a huge reaction and falls over and blood spurts out of his nose because he's a nasty boy mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad you like that I just love the phrase nasty boy yeah no the Hokage the, the Hokage <laughs> <laughs> The Hokage is a fucking perv, and I will I will die on this hill. Can we just call him the Hokage? The Hokage. I mean, he's the third Hokage, but there's already been a fourth Hokage, so he's kind of a Hokage. Not unlike back. not unlike Grover Cleveland, <laughs> he served two non consecutive terms. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. One of our listeners ever. One of our nine <laughs> listeners laughed at that. <laughs> Uh, so then after this, uh, the Hokage is attacked by the aforementioned worst little boy in the world, Konohamaru. Um, Konohamaru immediately trips and falls on his face, um, which I actually really appreciate. That's a running theme with Konohamaru mm-hmm. is that yeah. he tries to attack people and then instantly defeats himself. Uh, and I choose to believe it's because there's a sense of justice in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Everything about this show is diametrically opposed to him. Unfortunately, when he falls on his face on the floor... He doesn't stay there. He gets back up. Which really, there's a time and a place for falling down and getting back up again, and Konohamaru should just stay down. Also, if, just stay out of the show forever. If there's a moral to this series, it's that you should get back up again when you fall, unless you're Konohamaru. Mm-hmm. Then you should stay down. Yes. Yeah, I think that's pretty explicitly stated a couple times. Uh, so, we, we'll, we're going to get into the details of, of 
what makes Konohamaru the worst and making fun of him. But I just want to talk about how, like, what a weird decision it is to have this episode in a couple of ways. One, so we just are introduced to all of our characters in the show the previous episode. Again, this is only the second episode of the show, and it feels like a weird, poorly done filler episode, as, as Kayla mentioned earlier, that would come, like, 15 episodes into the run of an anime. There's no plot advancement in this. As far as I can tell, the only thing they accomplish is explaining how chakra works a little bit. They introduce uh, Konohamaru and his, like, nanny-slash-teacher uh, slash, Abisu is yeah, his name. Who's, or his, his caretaker, I guess. Both of whom, they spend a lot of time on both of these characters, both of whom are totally extraneous to the show and don't accomplish anything. And in the next episode, which we'll talk about, we're introduced to a bunch of very important characters who you'd think that the show would want to get started with us knowing them and learning about them. It's just a bizarre decision, this whole episode. Uh, if, do you disagree? No, not at all. And in fact, uh, you mentioned that the one sort of useful thing that they do is start to talk about chakra, and then I feel like they actually end up making fun of it because it's just Konohamaru reading off of a scroll. Mm -hmm. It's him reading out of a textbook to do a textbook explanation of what chakra is, which didn't even have to happen in this episode. Yeah, I, I mean, they needed to get that exposition out of the way at some point, but there, there, are, there are better ways to do it. <laughs> like the half episode later that they dedicate to recapping and talking about how chakra works? Exactly. A lot of recapping. No, this was a great like this was a great episode in that it oh, was oops, a, pause the episode, pause the podcast right there. Sorry, it's a great episode. You just said that this was a great episode. Elliot, get out of the room. Mm. This episode was a great example of a cascading failure in that not only was, as Paul pointed out, it was a terrible premise, but it just it made itself worse mm -hmm. in every conceivable way. Because the, the gist of this episode is that Konohamaru thinks that Naruto defeated his grandpa, the Hokage, who he really wants to defeat because he has a complex about his grandpa being the Hokage. And so Naruto uh, agrees to train him, but their training is just being fucking sex criminals. Mm -hmm. so or, or perverts, or mere perverts. So like budding sex criminals. Budding sex criminals. Yeah, uh, Konohamaru wants to learn the sexy no jutsu, which is the technique that Naruto uses to transform into a naked woman. And so they like go to a porn store or a bookstore, excuse me, mm -hmm. to like to look at naked women. <laughs> excuse me, it's uh, an adult bookstore. Ninja convenience store. <laughs> a kombini. Uh, they sneak into the women's baths uh, mm -hmm. to just spy on some naked ladies. Um, and also the so Konohamaru is trying to transform into a naked woman this entire time, and he's trying to transform into a real ass woman they like see a woman on the street and mm -hmm. naruto's like oh her be naked her and so this whole episode is him trying to turn his body into her but naked uh which is fucked up mm -hmm. yeah and then they they kind of have the, they even end on the same beat as the first episode but shitty mm -hmm. like they they end with defeating the enemy again just like the manny and not actually a villain but with the big clone technique except for it's all naked ladies so uh so they rebrand it it is now the harem no jutsu or yeah harem technique which mm -hmm. is pretty cool because naruto just turns into lots of naked women mm -hmm. instead of just one naked woman yeah let's, let's do the exact same climax of the previous episode again the first episode <laughs> and this is the second episode but make it really weird and gross <laughs> climax oh um i'm sorry i said that my speaking whole body weird, hurts right now speaking of weird and gross um i also like that konohamaru can't get this technique right away um and the way that he does it bad is that in the the, the woman that he transforms in into, um, again, fat. again, a real woman. I a mean, real woman. He turns into a fat version of her with big lips. Which is super unacceptable, apparently. Yeah, no, like, that, oh, this is a failed sexy technique. And, and this woman is so offended that she, here. she attacks Naruto. Again, like an 11-year-old child, this woman uh, attacks. And that is maybe the most acceptable part of this episode. <laughs> Actually, I think the most acceptable part besides that, which is a great mm -hmm. moment, is that Naruto does hit Konohamaru right at the beginning. And I think that's part of the reason why the Hokage is like, please take my horrible grandson for mm -hmm. a while. Like, go be ridiculous delinquents together. I'm not going to stop this one because I don't want to fucking deal with you myself. Mm -hmm. And two, because maybe Naruto will hit you some more. It would probably <laughs> be good for you. Uh, yeah, I actually think, I mean, that, you know, child beating is troubling, but I think there could have been more child beating in this episode. Absolutely. He needs someone who's going to put Konohamaru in his place, and Naruto does that... His place is a grave. ...extremely inappropriately, <laughs> and I'm not even sure that it happens. 
Never mind. This is a filler episode. <laughs> uh, the the Konohamaru's failed camouflage with the the fence is almost a good joke. Like that's almost funny. Which then they make immediately at the start of the next episode again, yeah. just in case we forgot. <gasps> mm-hmm. uh, I did like it when he was a rock with shoes. That mm-hmm. was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're gonna talk about something we liked about this episode, each okay. of us. Um, oh god. It ended. <laughs> I can't argue with that. I, I understood what Shocker was, so there was some effective clumsy exposition. I think we should just move on. Okay, no, no, I've, I've got one. Okay. Well, I see, I can't, because it's like a sardonic one. Um, this is in my notes, I just have like, this episode is where it really hits home that the show is fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. And like, that was a good moment for me. I feel like I needed to accept that before I could move on and like embrace the show for what it is and not what I want it to be. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah, that was, that was a good thing that I got out of this episode. Was it lowers acceptance. your expectations, I yeah. I agree, yeah, exactly. I sort of remembered who I was and where I was at when I first started watching this series. And granted, we were also blasting through the episodes when we first were able to get a hold of them, so it was easy to glaze over this. In fact, my first note was, I didn't realize Konohamaru appeared this early on. In all caps, I hate him. Yeah, I, I didn't <laughs> either. Episode two. Episode two. Episode just two. Mean. Who are, do we know who Konohamaru's parents are? Nope, they, never mentioned. Weird, because no, theori- theoretically one of them is the child of the Hokage, which it's seems like that would be only important who his grandpa is. Hmm. That's it. Maybe they're just like civil servants and work in the bureaucracy, the ninja bureaucracy. Which there is one. I'm told there, there would have to be. Fun fact, Ninja Village are pretty... Uh, Bureaucratic. Got a got a well developed regulatory state. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, we I'm that great. Cut now. all this out. <laughs> yeah. I took administrative law in law school. Only to talk about that. All right, let's move on to episode three. All right. Uh, Sasuke and Sakura, friends or foes? Um, so I know I mentioned this earlier, but this episode just fucking like took off for me because I was like, oh, this show has so many great characters who I like. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so glad they're finally here. This episode opened... I like how I just say how the episodes opened up, what? and then we just kind of go from there. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what a good second episode this would have been. I know. What a great second oh, episode. Man. The first shot is amazing, because Naruto wakes up in his fucking nasty bachelor pad, mm-hmm. and he is wearing the best hat. It's like if a Santa hat was alive and a tiny bit mad, it has like a big soft nose and like two big buck teeth and like grumpy little eyes and it lives on his head and it's upset all the time and I really want one and I love it. If I see one in the store, I'll buy it for you. Thank you. That's all I've ever wanted. Um, So Naruto wakes up and he checks his hot lady calendar um, and drinks some of Chekhov's milk. (laughs) Yep. Which we'll get back to later. (laughs) Naruto leaves his... I don't know why I'm just recapping. I mean, I mean recap away. You know? I'm just going to recap until you guys jump in. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, a, it's a skeleton right. to work off of. Indeed. It's working. Uh, Naruto... Uh, we, see, we see Kakashi pretty early on, who's, I, I think, one of, the, one of the highlight characters of this whole show. Uh, at least in terms of, like, memorable, you know, people that from you remember, which is what memorable means. So, Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I had a huge crush on Kakashi when yeah. I was first watching this show. I don't know if it was, like, the whole teacher authority figure thing there's a little bit of that the mystery of his of, mask the hell is under that mask mm. we never find out a I mean, second I, dick I, I mean you know he's got some money if you can afford that much hair gel like damn you know. a third dick Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> from the forehead that's the most erotic place <laughs> Actually, according to Sakura, it could be. After all, Paul, that's what this surface area is for. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I think she said for kissing, not for filleting. Mm. Uh, we're jumping really all over the place. That's okay. That's what we do here. Yeah, um, I, I did want to mention, so Sakura has, seems to have a lot of insecurity about her forehead. Her, is her forehead drawn differently than any other character in the show? Because it doesn't seem like it to me. I don't think so at all, but you will notice later on when she does start putting on her ninja headband, mm-hmm. she puts it over her forehead, the poor thing. Mm-hmm. She's so self-conscious about it, and it's perfectly normal, but I feel like that speaks very well to all the other 13-year-olds who are watching this series mm-hmm. where, like, something is horribly wrong with me, and it's like, nope, you're fine. It's okay. That's you don't a... have to hide your forehead. It's like beautiful. That. That's where people will kiss you. Yeah, that's, I, I always took it as just lazy art. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's Paul, like... I was having a moment, and it was beautiful. No, that's so much, that's so much better. No, I like that way more. Let's, yeah, let's go with that. 
I wonder, somebody, something that I've seen, this is a total tangent, but um, oh, in Fire Emblem, so people sometimes do edits I'm not, I'm not of the familiar. character art. Uh, Fire Emblem <laughs> is a game series, and there's a mobile version. I don't even want to be familiar, and I am. I'm so sorry. Uh, but people like to do little edits of the art, and there's one character who they edit to have no hair, and you realize that her forehead is like the size of her torso. Sanaki. You just can't see it because she has so much hair. Yeah, mm. it's Sanaki. So I wonder if there's an edit of Sakura. With, you know what, we're, we're fucking in it. Sakura forehead. I'm afraid. I'm, oh, okay. Okay. There, here she has a big, like, seal thing. Nope, she has a very normal forehead. I think her forehead's just normal. Mm-hmm. I, like, I was hoping this would be a rich, like, Wait, tableau. Wait, that rainbow one down there, though. I like that one. This there one? we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, what we're looking at right now is a piece of MS Paint art where Sakura's headband <laughs> is also a Mario hat and says LOL mm-hmm. and there's a rainbow behind her and her forehead is the size of... It's really good MS art though. I was going to say an unborn baby, but no, it's the size of a toddler. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a thing baby. of beauty. I anyway, love MS Paint. Well, good time. Sakura, mm-hmm. your body image issues aren't real, but I understand that they feel real. Mm-hmm. Um, none of our body image issues are real. So shout out to all the Sakuras listening to Shout out to all the Sakuras. Your forehead looks great. I would still kiss it, even though the surface area is merely average. Uh, at one point in this episode, Sakura has a weird fantasy about Sasuke coming up to her and saying, look at your excessively large forehead. It makes me want to kiss it. And that's why we were talking about kissing foreheads. I'm not a sex criminal. I am not a character in Naruto. I'd like to point out that I did not talk about this. <laughs> me, Paul, am not guilty of anything. I definitely brought it up first, and I feel no shame. Konohamaru attacks Naruto in this episode, just in case you wanted to forget that he existed. This show insists on reminding you. I had forgotten. He does disappear then after that. So yes. He's only briefly in it, which is more than he should be, but... You know. Oh, I don't think we mentioned Konohamaru is now Naruto's rival? Oh, yeah. declared himself to be so that's he went from apprentice to rival thank god we meet the actual rival in this episode indeed the real rival the real romance mm-hmm. yes so naruto goes to school where he's going to get divided into teams um but on his way we meet some of the other characters we meet sakura who we've talked about a lot who the first thing she does in the show is yell at her mom mm-hmm. and i was very judgy um i don't remember having strong feelings about this probably because i was a teenager and i was like yeah you tell them. But uh, watching it today, I was like, don't yell at your mom. She loves you. That's like, exactly how I felt. I was like, that woman has been taking care of you. She cooks for you. She cleans up after you. She puts a roof over your head. Don't yell at your mom. She buys you a lot of pink hair dye. God, she does. Um, we meet Eno, who is uh, immediately revealed as Sakura's rival. Um, Eno is also a girl and blonde. But um, she's nice to her parents. She does seem nice to her parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also really like, speaking of the way we wear headbands, Eno wears hers as like a belt or a fanny pack. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's good. Like, I want it to be a fanny pack. Right? Like, I want I, her to put snacks in there. <laughs> she like keeps chocolate in there and like... Little pretzels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's where she puts her glasses. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, it's very good. Um, and they have this weird like fight where they're trying... Form, they're former friends who are now teenage rivals... Uh, but which you know happens you go to high school and, and it's some, like oh you're my rival now yeah, and, and wanna... they are not to be fucked with when they're fighting against each other seriously no, they, have they a, were like they have an 18 wheeler coming yeah. down the street mm-hmm. they should we have, I don't know if there's if there's Probably Ninja Olympics but they should <laughs> They should be speedwalking uh, Olympians. That's the only way the show allows them to do anything is when they're fighting each other. Otherwise, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, we're I, I going mean, to be talking about Sakura and Ino a lot on the show, I think, too. And Hinata, mm-hmm. we finally well, actually, we see her in the first episode. Uh, she's in the background, blushing, twiddling mm-hmm. her thumbs, and having a rich inner dialogue that never actually comes out of her mouth, which will stay very yeah. much in character for Hinata. Hinata pretty much says one thing, which is. And that's that's it. It's just a very limited vocabulary. Uh, I, did, I mean, we touched on it, but it is really unfortunate that the three main female characters we all meet are introduced via having crushes on people. Uh, it's just that's just that's just too bad uh, and not fun to talk about. So let's move on to something that is fun to talk about. Uh, does it seem to you like nobody has friends on this show? Like so, they they're all talking about what teams they want to be in, and it's you know the people who have various crushes on each other want to be on their teams, but nobody seems to have like a buddy. 
No, I was kind of hoping that uh, Shikamaru and Choji would be friends Mm -hmm. already, at least, but they're not even sitting there And that was super fucked up. Like, so Ino gets put on a team with uh, Shikamaru, who's really lazy, and Choji, who's really fat, and that's their whole character for 50 or so episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And she's so mad that she's with the lazy guy and the fatty. And, like, we have some knowledge that... Their fucking parents are on a ninja team together. Yeah. Their parents spent their entire lives fighting and training together. These fucking kids grew up together. They probably celebrate holidays together. And she's like, great, I'm with Fatty and Lazy. Did they not like, have like play dates or like, you know. You know them. Birthday you parties. You must know them. Your dads are like, like best friends. Your dads are like fucking lovers. Mm-hmm. I ship it. <laughs> okay. Hard. Yeah, no. I ship that too. I'm on board with that. There's some excise taxes on that shipping. Ayo. Um, all right. So Sakura and all of the women um, are just looking at Sasuke and kind of fighting over who's going to get to be on his team out loud in front of him. Mm-hmm. And thank God Naruto knows exactly how to dissolve this situation. Uh, he sure does. Um, he's, he's good at conflict resolution. Yeah, so he walks in front of Sasuke. And, you know, like... This, the show has some whole business about it. Like, maybe he gets bumped by... It doesn't really matter. Um, we're actually entering um, a, my favorite segment in this show called The Gay of the Ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, Sasuke and Naruto kiss. Mm-hmm. And they kiss, like, for a long time. And it's, like, really beautiful and passionate. They and introduces it the best and they most didn't lasting love. They not want to break love. it up. No. Um, no. They were both into it. You can I, tell. You know, I mean, they, had yeah. make, they had to make a show afterwards. So afterwards, like, yes. oh, yuck. Oh, the yuck. gagging. But, you know, they're leaning to the side and gagging. They're yeah. not physically moving away from their each heart, other. Their heart wasn't like, oh, nasty. He tastes like everything I've ever dreamed of. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it, I would say it's subtext, but it is not. That text is it's fucking text. I watched it. Their weird. lips touched. Mm-hmm. And they like moved on each other. And, like, it, it was definitely an open mouth It was kiss. an open mouth. Yeah, oh, their, yeah. Their tongues That doesn't were happen by accident. Oh. Uh, and so there was some other stuff in this episode, but I feel like that was really it, is that uh, Sasuke and Naruto kissed, and they're gay, and they're in love. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been the gay of the ninja. Thank you. We now resume Otaku the Town. Mm-hmm. Um, All right, so now I'm going to talk about the second half of the episode, which is mostly poop-related. Yeah. Yes, uh, there is. was some shit in this episode, like, literally. Yeah, the mm-hmm. are like, guess what, guys? We didn't draw him drinking that milk for no good reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's pretty much the rest of the episode, is Naruto trying to do things and then having to go shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really, so they have this kind of weird, uncomfortable, like, Naruto impersonating Sasuke to try and get a kiss from Sakura. Yeah, that's fucked up. Don't do that. Which is not okay, and I think the show kind of realizes it, but they take just the grossest way of interrupting <laughs> that, and that he just needs to take a dump. I actually love that they do that, where there's a moment where Sakura's like, Boy, you know, do they undercut it. I have been a little too mean to Naruto. I hate that she comes to that realization when Sasuke is Under like, you're defenses. annoying. And yeah. she's like, oh shit, I call Naruto annoying all the time. I should be kinder to him. I don't like it when people call me annoying. It's like, girl, that's what kindergarten is for. <laughs> How do you not know this already? But at least then she tries, she is kind to him. And... Hey Sakura, it's she, not your fault. She has kind of a she, she has, has kind of a three a steps forward, two steps back kind of relationship yes. with being nicer to Naruto. But you know what? That's kind of fair because Naruto's a little shit a lot of the time. Literally, it's all right. here. it gets better. It gets better. Doesn't mm-hmm. it, God? Uh, as, as I as I mentioned earlier, very advanced indoor plumbing seemingly in this, in yeah. this uh, episode, which is good for Naruto here. Readily available public bathroom. So I mean, we can we can blitz through it. So yeah, Naruto uh, ambushes successfully Sasuke, mm-hmm. who's like the best ninja in their grade. Knocks him out, impersonates him, tries to get a kiss from Sakura, has to go shit. Real Sasuke frees himself, goes up to Sakura, tells her she's annoying. Uh, Naruto comes back. Does he come back as Naruto? Yeah, he comes back as Naruto. That's when Sakura is nice to him. Totally. And he thinks that Sakura is Sasuke, maybe, and so he's gonna do something mean, but it doesn't matter. Like, there's this whole idea that he's gonna do something mean to Sakura. But nope, he's just gonna go shit again. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's actually how the episode ends, basically, Mm -hmm. is, uh, we, well, we cut to, um, no, we cut to the fucking Hokage, and, uh... Does he have his crystal ball again? No! No, he's in Naruto's fucking apartment. Oh, Oh, that's right, with Kakashi, guys. Yeah. That is inappropriate. That's breaking it up. He just mm-hmm. fucking broke into Naruto's bachelor pad and they're just like touching his stuff. Kanoha is just riddled with rampant criminals. I do wonder though, in a town of ninja, like. There are no rules. Can, how, what rules can there be? Like, mm-hmm. don't kill people. Like, hopefully, don't be it. a sex criminal. But uh, with like, this Hokage in charge, it's hard to think that people get prosecuted for that. Yeah, it's a real ninjocracy. <laughs> get out. But um. 
Um, but like earlier on, um, Naruto and Mizuki are just like sitting on a roof, like it's a bench. Mm-hmm. Like, is that just where ninjas hang? Like, are roofs designed it's to exactly be exactly where in I would town? hang if I was a ninja? Like, it's really interesting to think about a town where everybody can like kind of fly and kind of vanish and reappear anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, like like height doesn't matter. Gravity is sort of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It's only as much effort as you want to put into it. So you look at all these ninja walking around on the street. How lazy are they? Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. What is Konoha's population? Because it doesn't seem very big, but there are a lot of very crowded, like, crowd shots when they'll just be, like, at the ramen store or in the market or something. You pull out and it seems to be, like, a sprawling metropolis. Yeah. Like, I mean, how many non-ninjas are there? A lot? There are definitely some. There have Mm -hmm. to be some. I think all of the hidden villages are built that way. Mm Mm-hmm. I will hidden. Hidden. Yeah. (laughs) Multiple hidden villages. Spoiler alert. No one knows where they are except, like... The multiple literally like, everyone <laughs> delivery drivers, like. mm. truck drivers, the ninja, mm-hmm. ninja truck drivers. <laughs> are there other ninja schools? Is this it? Is are there non ninja schools like for the not like? There's certainly there for different ways that they choose to raise their children. Mm-hmm. We find out some of the other villages are pretty brutal in the way that they raise their young, mm-hmm. which I like. <laughs> they rear their pups. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there is the the evangelical homeschooling faction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They don't believe in ninjutsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, chakra's fake. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, you know what I liked about mm. this episode is that Sasuke kind of inadvertently shows himself to be sort of Naruto's next biggest ally after Iruka. Because mm. even though he doesn't show this to Naruto directly or even thinks it himself, he starts to touch on quote-unquote the loneliness mm-hmm. and he has a really dark moment about it that's when he like snaps at sakura no that's a really good point i kind of we we glazed over that but that's why he snaps at sakura is because she says something shitty about naruto and he's like Fuck being you. alone mm-hmm. yeah. yeah she's like it's because he has no parents no one raised him right and sasuke is just like you fucking bitch I'll yo me you. too come on man yeah <laughs> but he doesn't quite he thinks about naruto in the context of himself mm-hmm. which kind of shows one of sasuke's greatest flaws mm-hmm. is this dude he's too dreamy really... <laughs> oh paul <laughs> he has a hard time thinking about anything outside of his world mm-hmm. he's really just into himself not necessarily a super vain way but i'm saying someone's gelling that hair in the morning sure who oh him <laughs> wait no <laughs> i'm confused <laughs> I'm sorry. I was reading my notes. I think that's a very good point, Kayla. Well, Sasuke's mm-hmm. a bit vain, and he's really only thinking about Naruto in context of himself, but at the same time... Carly Simon wrote a whole song about him. He's mm-hmm. showing himself... <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, god damn it. That's <laughs> 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 so horrible. <laughs> I'm right, red. Okay, it's fine. Um... But yes, I think he's showing potential for what their friendship is going to become. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, they they actually have, you know, for this kind of silly, you know, young adult shonen show, I think Naruto and Sasuke have a pretty interesting, you know, relationship in, you know, both textual and subtextual ways. Did you have a moment of, of joy in this episode, Paul? Did you have something you genuinely liked? Yeah, I had several. I think, like, meeting a lot of the, the like, Konoha nine, I think, what, it's, we only meet six of them in this episode, right? Because the, mm-hmm. the other three are, like, a year older, the Neji and... Uh, Lee and, and such but yeah no those are all like fun cool characters who I remember pretty well and, and meeting Kakashi and yeah no it's like it's, it's, that's what really reminded me like the parts of Naruto that I really enjoyed when I first watched it totally it's such an ensemble show in a way that you mm-hmm. forget about because I mean it's obviously called, it's called Naruto yeah, yeah. totally mm-hmm. it is centered on him but it, it's really the other characters that make it like yeah, those got... are the episodes that you remember you know it's not like oh Naruto's thing that he you know he turned into a naked woman and then farted in one mm-hmm. you know you remember like oh that amazing Leaf Fighter oh that amazing Garam or whatever. Yeah, it's got a very, very, a really great supporting cast. Really, really, the uh, the character designs and personalities and stuff are all, all pretty great. Which so. is surprising because the way that they're introduced in this episode is as being split into teams that are supposed to be proportionate mm-hmm. in terms of power. Clearly, this is because none of them have ever been out on a mission before because these teams become wildly disproportionate mm-hmm. later on. It is hilarious to hear them being introduced in that way. Well, I feel like there's also, like... all coincidentally two guys and one girl. Yep. But... Uh, there's the th- Not there's a lot like, of women to go around, Paul. It's mm-hmm. very sad. Apparently. There's a thing of like contextual power for all ninjas in this show. Mm-hmm. Like there are very specific moments in which you can be amazing, but most of the rest of the time, odds are you are useless if you are any given ninja. Odds are in you're throwing show. kunai at a giant fox, and yeah. that's it. That's what you're good for. Yep. Absolutely. 
Um, I mean, I feel like this is a gimme. I, I, I wish I had something better than this, but the thing that I really liked about this episode was that the boys kissed on the mouth, and it was real, and they're in love. Um, and I don't feel like I should have to find another moment that I like. It's I a beautiful like... romance, and there's only more to come. Absolutely. Yeah, was, no, nobody's going to take that from it me. It was perfect, and it was great, and it uh, completed me. Okay, well, what about you? What was your highlight? Or did you already say it and I forgot? Yeah, I think you said it first. I get Well, that was a moment that I definitely wanted to touch on, but I think actually something I really love about this episode is specifically the introduction of two of my favorite characters, one of which is Kakashi, which I already touched upon, mm-hmm. not just because he's sexy as hell, but also Shikamaru, who becomes mm-hmm. one of my favorites really, really quickly, especially during the Chunin exams. Oh, yeah, Shikamaru is we'll possibly on. my favorite character, at least of like the relatively major characters. Yeah. So yes, introduction. We'll see if that you know, always my fave. That's that's from I mean, my memories of you know ten to fifteen years ago. So we'll see if that holds up. But yeah, we will indeed. All right. Well, I think uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our first episode of Otaku the Town. Both of you. Uh, yes. <laughs> All two of you. Uh, Possibly one or yeah. zero. Totally. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, how many parents do we have between us? Uh, just <laughs> kidding. They'll never podcast. listen. <laughs> they are not listening to this. Oh, uh, my dad likes listening to business podcasts. Yeah, like, um, like the pinch, which is like Shark Tank, audio only. Excellent. We can talk about the ninja economy in an episode. Oh, we will. <laughs> oh, and we'll be talking about ninja laws a lot. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you want to find out more about us, you can check out uh, Otaku the Town on Twitter. Uh, we may someday have a Facebook page. Um, we have an email address that you can email us at. It's just otakuthetown at gmail.com. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, please uh, email in if you have comments, questions, or whatever, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a recurring segment probably on the show where we have listener feedback. And, and We yeah. would love your feedback, and please do rate, review, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> great, great things. Great closing business, Elliot. Even if you love Konohamaru, please rate, review, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Or don't. All right, well, thank you so much for listening. And as always, even if you're a ninja, you can't commit a sex crime. Hello and welcome to Otaku the Town. Uh, I'm Elliot and I'm joined as always by Kayla. Hey, I'm Kayla. And she's not going to take it from me this time. Okay, no, <laughs> no. I don't you? know. I'm so scared. No, it's good. It's good. I'll take it from you. Okay. You're going to. Yeah, from you, now on. I'm you will always take it from, it from me. You. Um, it's mine right. now. And I will take it back from Paul. I will okay. rest it from you. Yes. Shall I give it to you or do you want to take it? Gently. Okay. <laughs> Be delicate. Oh. All right, fifth time's the charm. We got this. Yes.